Hi, I'm Peggy. And I'm Dave. And this is Amped. Hi, Dave. How are you this week? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. You are coming to us from Cape Cod, correct? I am. I have a business-related board meeting in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. So I'm in my hotel room on a Sunday night doing this. Awesome. Awesome. I'm on my couch on a Sunday night doing this. So did you have a good week? I did. Thank you for asking. And you? I I had a wonderful week. We had um, our first week of what I have dubbed the summer of fun. Um, And it started, you know, taking Robbie to the World War II weekend. So we looked at planes and tanks and all that sort of thing. And then we stayed up at my mom so that he could play with his cousins who were, they're all about the same age. Um, And then Aunt Peggy surprised everybody with a quick trip to the beach, which has been um, kind of Robbie's dream for a long time to be able to go to the beach with his cousins and go on the boardwalk and kind of experience all of that with his cousins. So we made that happen. And uh, those kind of travel experiences recently are the, the inspiration for this week's podcast. Yes, they are. But before we get to that, I thought there was one even bigger event that happened over the last week that affected your household. Yes, yes. The Washington Capitals, drumroll please, won the Stanley Cup. Oh my gosh, my my husband is still flipping his mind. He just, I've never seen him smile this much. You know, sporadically, he just ran, you know, screams out C-A-P-S, and then we all have to scream caps, caps, caps. Um, but he is he is extraordinarily happy um, and is on cloud nine. And, um, you know, we watched the re- – I was not there uh, for the game because I was at the beach with the kids. But he taped the game, so I was able to watch it with him again last night. You mean he wanted to watch it again? Yeah. I'm shocked. I know. Shocking, right? We could have just gone straight to the third, the third period, but, you know, I guess we had to set the stage. Um, but it well, was, you don't get the whole feel if you don't watch the entire game plus ads. Exactly. Exactly. To build the suspense, right. um, to see if they really won it again. And they did. Um, but he's just, he's absolutely floating and you have been, uh, kind of in his position with some teams. So you can definitely relate to what it's like when you always root for the team that always seems to get close and then bonk out when they finally make it 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 just it's like nothing better the oceans part and the sun comes out and everything is glorious right now it really shows how outsized a role sports plays in scots in my life because that you know your team wins a championship i did this with the red sox in 2004 and i basically felt like i was walking on clouds for the next month of my life yeah yeah that's exactly where he is. I mean, he wasn't on the team. He didn't participate on the team. We never actually went to a game this season. Uh, hockey tickets are just crazy expensive. Um, but, you know, he he has been a diehard Caps fan, you know, for decades. So to see this actually... Did he go to the parade? Well, the parade's on Tuesday. Oh, it's on, is he going to the parade? He's, he's trying to figure out how to make it happen because Tuesday night... His high school is graduating, so he has to make his escape plan so that he can make the parade and then still get back in time for graduation. 
but I'm fairly certain that we will be at a parade. Excellent. Well, congratulations to Scott. Yes, he is very, very happy. All right. I'm now having completely ruined the segue into the um, topic. How about you tee up the topic? I know. I did a really good job setting it up the first time. Um, I know. I just felt strongly about making sure that we called Scott out for his his years and years of pain coming to an end. Excuse me. I, I am the sports wife. Do you know how hard it has been for me? For them to get so close and then bonk and then to deal with the impact of that on his mood and his affect for the coming weeks. So this, well, this I don't mean I don't mean to minimize your pain, but your pain is as a result of the way that he acts after they lose. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is completely separate podcast. We'll delve into the psychology behind this. Okay, but, that's fine. Yeah, okay. So but in this week's podcast, uh, we're gonna be talking about the ADA and the kind of the variations in accessibility and accommodations that you will find when you're traveling. I know a lot of people are, are going to be hitting the road this summer. Um, so based this, this is mainly based off of my experiences over the past week and a half traveling and some, some things that I noticed that were really good in some places and some that made me go, hmm, in other situations and to talk about those different situations and um, what it means and how we can deal with it. Yeah. And um, before we go into your specific experiences, we want to give people a quick refresher on the Americans with Disabilities Act. We actually did a full podcast on the ADA last year. So if you want to really get the lowdown um, and the information behind it, you can go to episode nine of AMPT. From last year, and you can listen to that podcast and get everything you need to know. But what we're going to focus on today is Title Three of the ADA, and that's the part of the law that applies to public accommodations and commercial facilities. And the gist of it is that it, the this title of the ADA prohibits uh, public places, commercial facilities, from either preventing disabled individuals from fully or equally enjoying their accommodations or failing to make reasonable accommodations so that they can be enjoyed. Um, now, that language that I've just thrown out there doesn't give necessarily a ton of guidance as to what reasonable accommodations are um, and um, what equal enjoyment consists of. And that really highlights the fact that this discussion and the analysis around this, if there's ever a case, an ADA case involving Title III, it's inherently fact-specific. Um, the other thing we want to emphasize before we dive too deeply into this is that Title III does not apply to private clubs or religious organizations. So those organizations are exempt from the ADA's requirements. All right. So can we get into my examples? Please, All take right. us away. All right. So over the World War II weekend, we stayed at a hotel and I asked for a shower chair. I, I did not request a, an accessible bathroom, but I did request a shower chair because it was just incredibly hot and miserable and I just wanted to cool off. Um, and they brought me a three-legged stool that was uneven and didn't have the rubber coasters on the bottom. Um, it, it was not safe to use in a shower. So I ended up just standing and holding on to stuff and making it work. But that was their accommodation, right? Um, as opposed to when we went to the beach um, for the few days last week, 
in every single bathroom, they had a pull-down shower seat that was permanently affixed to the wall that I found not only extremely helpful, and and it was really refreshing to not even have to request it, that it's there for everybody. But my mom, who didn't realize how nice it would be, she has bilateral knee replacements, um, was able to take advantage of, of the, the shower bench in her bathroom as well. So that's an example of, you know, the ADA, it, it, it was followed in both situations, right? Because I was provided with the shower chair with the other one, but just a, such a difference in quality um, of the accommodation that was provided that really impacted, you know, my ease and the enjoyment that I had at each of those facilities. Now, quick question. Was the um, were the was the hotel room with the fold down shower chair? Did you specifically request a room there that had that was a handicapped accessible room? No. Apparently, this this hotel has them in every bathroom. That that's just standard, isn't that's it? That's really cool? interesting. I've ne- I've never seen that before. They also, ironic, not ironically, but incidentally, they also have bottle openers affixed to the bathroom wall, so you can sit on a toilet and open your beer at the same time. That I have seen. <laughs> I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> yes. That's not handicapped accessible. That's, that's, uh, that's not. but it, Alcohol know. accessible. Exactly. Um, but, but no, it's standard in, in, in every bathroom. And I thought, well, isn't that a kind of a really nice way to, to make the ADA work for everybody, to just have it standard? And it probably yeah. saved them having to store all of the – the shower chairs and, and inventory them and all of that. Well, it also, I mean, as a practical matter, right, it means you can probably put um, people with disabilities in any room in the hotel. As So it, it, they don't have to worry about having a block of rooms that these are the ones, the only ones that are handicapped accessible. So it, it in some ways it simplifies their life, which is interesting. I have seen those rooms. I've stayed in those rooms before, but typically only when someone has booked for me knowing that I'm an amputee and they assume that I want one of those rooms. I actually don't request those rooms when I travel, but that's the only place I've ever seen rooms with fold down chairs or, uh, or you can you know roll in showers that you could take a wheelchair directly into. Yeah, I I hadn't seen it standard before, so I thought that that was a really, a really interesting and a really nice touch, um, and it, it definitely made made me more comfortable, and I know it made my mom more comfortable, um, who would never request a shower chair in another situation. So maybe she will now. Exactly, exactly, and hopefully she doesn't get the little wobbly stool that I know is what's often provided because they're used by so many people that they just get beat up going from storage to the room back down to storage. So when you request a shower seat at a hotel, you really, truly never know what you're going to get. Correct. All right. So my next example, uh, we also had a podcast last year, Dave, where I kind of ranted for quite a while about how I really detest walking on sand, that I used to love the beach before my accident and before, you know, everything was set in motion for my amputation. Um, but, but after I got hurt and then after I had my subsequent amputation, walking on, on the beach is just, it's so hard and exhausting. And I know that, that you've had the same experience on the beach. 
yes, not my favorite place in the world. Never was before my accident. Definitely is not since the accident. It's um, if, yeah, yeah. Any way I can avoid it, I will. Exactly. Um, so, but the kids really wanted to go to the beach. I, you know, I somehow have two little kids, well, one tween and one little kid who are both, you know, drawn to the ocean. So I have to go whether or not I want to at this point. Um, but the beach that we ended up at had a boardwalk entrance all the way down to where the sand becomes hard, where the water meets. And it wasn't just an accessible entrance. That was the way that it was at every beach entrance on this beach. And I just thought it was so fantastic because for the first time in almost two decades, getting down to the ocean wasn't exhausting and wasn't frustrating and didn't remind me with every step that I'm disabled. It was, I was able to walk with the rest of the kids. Um, and my mom, who, who was with us with the knee replacements, also has a lot of trouble walking on the sand. And she was able to go down there with no problem. And she actually is planning another trip uh, just by herself so she can just go down there and read on the beach because she found it so easy to get to the ocean at that particular beach. Yeah, it's fantastic when you can sort of get close but um, not have to deal with the the issues that the beach does cause. And I mean, as an above the knee amputee um, who doesn't have a cover over is like one of my primary concerns whenever I'm near the beach is just simply getting sand in places where you don't want sand, which is almost impossible to avoid. And when I do go every year, you know, my, my wife and I with the family, we go um, down to the Caribbean. And invariably what I found myself doing um, instead of walking on the beach itself is there are a few um, little huts that basically are just, you go right from the patio onto an extended deck. And you, if you access that hut, you can be, you can be surrounded by sand, but not in the sand. And so um, when you do have that opportunity to sort of get close, but not be in it with all of the negatives, it's a lot better. It was really, really nice. As opposed to when we have to go down to Florida and we have to walk on the really soft sand and it just, it feels like forever and it's hot and the sand is really soft. So I sink and it's just, it's exhausting. You know, the boys love it down there. We will be down there for quite a while this summer because we have sea turtle camp. Um, but I'm not looking forward to it, especially after I experienced what it's like with the boardwalk walkway. Yeah, very understandable. They also have, I know, I haven't, I'm not that familiar with them, but I know that for people who need a wheelchair to access the beach, they are increasingly, a lot of beaches have the wheelchairs with basically like the dune buggy wheels that allow you to actually get out there and the, the wheelchair can actually navigate the sand. They do. Most beaches, most public beaches have them available. Uh, you have to request them. So if you know where you're going, just go on the, the beach website and you're going to find the accommodations and you can request it through there. Most of the time it's actually free to rent them, uh, which is really nice as well, but they do have a limited number. So if you're going during peak season, um, you, you may want to request it, you know, pretty far in advance. Great. So. Good information, Peggy. All right. So the beach that we were at had the wonderful boardwalk entrance to the beach, which I adored. 
Um, but ironically, when we were on the boardwalk, the ramp that led to the ladies' restroom um, had a big old sign on it that just said, this ramp is not ADA compliant. And I could see why, because it was it was really steep. I mean, you were going to be taking some chances if you tried to maneuver down that thing. Um, so I, I found it really odd that, that they would build a ramp that wasn't compliant. And then, you know, on the other hand, I guess it's good that they called it out, Dave. <laughs> I was, I, I've still been trying to get my head around it. And, and maybe, I mean, maybe the operating theory is that since if I acknowledge it, um, I at least have put people on notice that it might not be safe for them to use. But I don't fundamentally understand how that decreases your liability. Um, or I, I don't, I just don't quite understand it. And maybe there's someone who's, uh, listening to this, who's more in touch with the ADA day to day than I am. I mean, I'm a lawyer, but it doesn't make sense to me. But, uh, if, if one of our listeners who's, you know, who's in this space has a specific theory on why that's happening, I'd be interested to know it, but it doesn't strike me as the most brilliant thing to do as opposed to just saying, be careful, the ramp is steep. Yeah, it really, I mean, it really caught me off guard. Um, I've never seen it just called out like that. Um, and if you if you get our newsletter, subscribe to our newsletter, uh, amplife.org slash subscribe, um, you would see that we had included a picture of that ramp. Uh, I was so impressed, I stopped and took a photo of it and, and sent it to Dave and then actually put it online as well. Um, so if you're out and about this summer traveling, and find other ADA peculiar signs or, or accommodations, snap a picture and send them our way. Be interesting to collect. Yeah, I'm sure there are many more of them out there. Um, I just, again, I don't know why this property owner chose to do that. Well, it was on the boardwalk. So it was the same, I mean, it should be the same people who built those fabulous beach entrances. Right? Wouldn't it be? I don't know, Peggy. I, <laughs> I it theoretically, crazy. yes. So it was it's like the it good was and the odd. bad at the same time. Um, so, Dave, as we were getting ready for for this podcast, we did want to let people know that the Google Maps app that that a lot of people keep on their phone uh, now has an ability to mark an area as accessible or not accessible by wheelchair. Um, and if there's, um, they're even rolling out accessible bathroom features and things like that. So if you use Google Maps and you find a place that's particularly, you know, wheelchair friendly or accessible, uh, go ahead and mark it and on the app uh, using their crowdsourced um, abilities. And it will, they're hoping to build a database that will help everybody. Yeah. And if you're interested in seeing sort of how would you get to that in Google Apps, this is in our show notes. But, um, you know, you, if you select the route you, you need to travel, the place you're going to, um, and then select the public transport option, the public transit route instead of car or walking, um, and then select options, you can click on wheelchair accessible and it will show you uh, the best wheelchair accessible route to that location in the area, in the parts of the country locations where they do have that service. I think it's a really, really cool idea. I know that there are some other apps uh, that people are working on to 
you know, help identify some some wheelchair friendly features or to really flag areas that are not accessible um, for for everybody else. So it's going to be an exciting time as those sort of things come to fruition and are rolled out. And we will definitely keep an eye on those. Yeah. And, and I will say, Peggy, I actually was looking at those as well. And I actually registered for one of those apps and went in to see what they had. And it was extremely limited. Um, and one of the thoughts that occurred to me, and we'll see how it all plays out ultimately, but it strikes me that this is the kind of thing that an already established huge player is much more likely to be successful at than a startup trying to do it on their own. Uh, you exactly. just need, you know, you need, so, you need such a huge user base to be able to get that information in and have people be able to access it and um, crowdsource it themselves. Uh, I, I'm pretty skeptical based on what I saw today about whether anyone outside of companies like Google, Facebook, Microsoft, uh, Apple can do this uh, as opposed to, again, a, a small startup with a great idea. So, you know, whatever it, we encourage you to contribute to the Google Maps if you use another app that you think is a little bit more robust than what we were able to find. Uh, send, us a, send us a note and let us know. We'd love to check it out. Um, so that was kind of, that was my, my travel experience with the ADA. You know, some bathrooms at hotels were great. Another one was the bare bones, you know, here's a chair, you can use it in the shower. Um, we had the wheelchair, very wheelchair friendly BAMP, uh, beach entrance juxtaposed to the, please don't use this ramp to go to the bathroom. Um, so, you know, when you're traveling, you really, you don't know what you're going to find when it comes to accommodations. And also, I, I feel the need to remind people that the ADA is an American law. So don't expect any accommodation standards when you travel abroad. Well, yeah, I mean, depending on where you are, I, I, you know, I've been in Europe multiple times and uh, many European countries are quite advanced. They don't have, obviously, the American with Disabilities Act, um, but they, you know, Europe, some European companies do have their own laws. But I think the point, Peggy, is there may be much more variability and you definitely want to do some research before going, if you're concerned about that, to understand what the restrictions and limitations on you might be to the extent that those places may not be as handicapped accessible. Exactly. And thankfully, you can do a lot of that research um, online. You can go to different forums and, and travel sites and just ask. And usually people are very forthright with that information. If somebody has experienced a, an accommodation success story or an accommodation fail, uh, they are very quick to share those with others. So yep. should we summarize? Sure. So just a few quick points. First, um, while the American with Disabilities Act, Title III of that, gives the limb loss, limb difference community uh, certain protections with respect to public accommodations and commercial facilities, compliance with its provisions is fact and situation specific, as Peggy's examples illustrate. If you have concerns or issues with what you're seeing, take photos, log that information, uh, share it with us. Uh, we're happy to take a look at it and provide you feedback and information about it. And if you're in a location that will accept it, please make sure to add information as you see it in real time to Google Maps because you'll help other people uh, with disabilities of all kinds learn what the better routes are 
if you if you do have some type of mobility impairment. Sounds great. Excellent. Well, Peggy, thanks a lot for this concept. This uh, this one was your brainchild, and I appreciate it. It was, you know, um, it was a lot of fun. It was. It's interesting to kind of look at travel experiences through the eyes of accessibility. And I know, Dave, you travel a lot more than I do. So maybe with this kind of in the forefront, you'll start noticing some of the variations. Yeah, I need to pay closer attention to it. And I told you before the podcast, I didn't know how much input I actually had because I tend to, a lot of my life is built around the the supposition that I'm not really an amputee because that was part of my whole rehab 20 plus years ago now. So I have, I very consciously um, sort of in some ways, at least avoided that reality. And and one of the things that I never do is I don't ask for handicapped accessible hotel rooms. And I, I just sort of ignore a lot of, a lot of this stuff because I've conditioned myself to do it. And uh, I think this podcast puts it uh reframes that discussion for me a little bit and it's something i'll definitely be looking for more going forward very cool and if you see us if you see something let us know excellent well thanks peggy absolutely i hope you have a great week in cape cod and uh take care you too take care Bye. bye